Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel. And today we're going to be doing a little bit of a strategy draft from where we draft from the middle of a 12-team draft. So a very standard league, a 12-team size, PPR format, snake draft, all those things, redraft, and I'm going to be drafting from the sixth spot. So there's videos on this channel. They're in the fantasy football playlist. You can check them out if you're wondering, what does it look like when Sal drafts from a mock draft? What is his strategy from the last pick in the draft, whether it's the 10th or the 12th pick? What about when it's the first pick? I believe we have some random ones in there too, like the 10th pick of the draft. Trying to hit up all those because I know there's going to be some search rankings because I know you, a lot of you out there are going to be drafting from different positions. So we'll probably adjust them throughout the summer as well. Today's going to be a sixth spot draft rankings. I'm going to be doing it on uh, Fantasy Pros. They're not sponsoring this video, but maybe if somebody from Fantasy Pros or those Fantasy Pros is watching, we can get them to sponsor these videos, support the channel. We support them. But you can see right here, I'm just setting it up. These are going to be uh, pretty much just the settings. Everything's on here. Like I said, 2020 season, PPR, it's a 12 team draft. I am picking six in a snake draft. We're just going to do four bench spots, which normally I advocate for a ton of bench spots, but for the purposes of keeping this video digestible for you, easy to edit for me, instead of going with eight to 10 bench spots, which I think is very ideal, deep benches for sure, push, push, push for deep benches when you're drafting earlier than your league mates, when you know more than your league mates and you just watching this video tells me that you know more than your league mates already because you're smart enough to start to look into this stuff, uh, the more guys that you can hoard on your bench, the more rookies that you can hoard and just let them sit there because you have a deep bench, the more that you can take Antonio Brown and not worrying about him not playing the whole season because you got a deep bench, those types of things benefit you more than it benefits your league mates. Your league mates have a better chance of beating you when there is less bench spots. So go ahead and advocate for more. But, and I'll go against all that and just say for this purpose of the video, uh, not wanting to sit here for an extra uh, two to four rounds and edit that much more and all that stuff and reduce my personal workload and make the video more digestible for you. We're going to go with just four bench spots. So welcome if you're brand new here. A lot of people are finding me as we enter into uh, the middle parts of the summer and get even closer to that major month of August when people really start slapping around and playing uh, fantasy football, doing their mock drafts, researching. But for you, watching this right now, whether it is in August, whether it's right now, I appreciate you. And if you appreciate any of my previous content, or if this is your first time seeing me, it's very nice to meet you. My name is Salvatri. I cover fantasy sports and a variety of different sports. Well, right now we're buckling up. We're getting on that roller coaster mountain and we're going straight up ready for the season of the 2020 fantasy football year. If you get any value during this video, please do. And right now, please do hit that like button if you're watching this and smash, smash, smash the big old subscribe button that just popped up on the screen around me. I really do appreciate you doing all of those things. Now I'm going to just go ahead and I'm going to click start this bad boy up. I have my rankings on the other screen. You can't really see them right now, but if you want to see my full rankings and not only my full rankings, but loads of player profiles, this is going to automatically draft, I think the first few picks and you can see they're going off the board right now. That's fine. We can talk about them in a second. Let me get up the draft board because that just looks much, much prettier in my opinion. If you want to get access to those rankings, not just the rankings, but tiers, you're going to have so many player profiles. These, these profiles are looking very, very nice. Maybe I can pull them up right now as sort of a sneak peek and showing you, but so the draft guide is currently out and this is what the draft guide is going to look at. You want running back profiles. I mean, outside of just right up here, there's going to be a drop down for rankings. There's going to be the key stats and all those different key stats, reliability charts, loads of loads of premium content. I'll be adding specific podcasts and articles to this throughout the summer. But do you want to know more about Christian McCaffrey? say no more. Voila, Christian McCaffrey pops up. You get some information about what the team has done, what his durability, his target competition, his injury risk, his stats from last year, and the outlook on him can be seen in the rankings and the key stats profile. So those are all things. I'm not going to go any more into that because the people that pay, oh boy, oh boy, they're getting a nice treat. But if you want to check it out, it's a link down below. It's only $10 thanks to Monkey Knife Fight. So check it all out. I put so much work into there. There's going to be by the end of the season, probably closer to 200 overall player profiles like that McCaffrey one and a lot of more stuff. So check that all out. Uh, 
there you go. Let's get into this. So far, what has come off the board is McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, and Michael Thomas. That's fine. I think that makes a lot of sense, but this makes my pick right now. It's somewhat easy, somewhat difficult because of the fact that uh, Dalvin Cook is in a holdout period. So let's see what I'm going to end up going with right here based on when we're drafting. So if you're just tuning into my content and it's new here, I like to go running back. And there's this is an interesting spot because this is what's happening, right? As I'm recording this, Dalvin Cook is threatened holdout. I made a whole video on this. If you want to learn more about that and just holdouts in general, you can go check it out. I don't think Dalvin Cook holds out. He's going to lose too much money as a second round pick. He's going to lose all of his salary. And then he's not even going to get to test free agency potentially next year because of the new CBA. So there's really no upside in Dalvin Cook holding out. He wouldn't get paid until his 27th year in the NFL at that point, the end of his 26th season, uh, which is at that point is almost a death sentence. Like you get a little two-year deal for like $8 million and it's just brutal for him at that point. So it's either Dalvin Cook here, but then there's a guy in a similar situation in Joe Mixon, another second round pick who has already said that he's going to hold out if he doesn't get a deal, but he's not looking for as much money as Dalvin Cook is, which is the David Johnson money, which is like top five salary in the NFL type money, top three salary at your position right around there. So I don't really know. This is a difficult spot. I want running back. I don't really want Derrick Henry in a PPR. I have both Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook ranked ahead of him. So I guess if I think that both of these running backs are in a similar spot where they hold out, I think Joe Mixon is much more likely to play just because I think he's going to ask for less money. And Dalvin Cook, based on last year, is already asking for more money. Um, I don't think either of them hold out. I think they end up reaching a deal. So right now, like the safe thing to do if you if you don't have intestinal fortitude is to just go ahead and probably take Joe Mixon or really just to take Derrick Henry here. He's probably the safest thing. But we are so early into the summer. I, I don't see an actual way from when these guys hold out unless they're just that stubborn because they'll lose their entire salary this year and then they'll be in the same exact situation next year it just makes no sense to me in my opinion so i think i'm going to go ahead and still take dalvin cook here um I, I i do like dalvin cook over joe mixon so we take dalvin cook even with the holdout threats again it's not really something that i'm waiting all that much or all that i guess maybe maybe i should wait it more seriously but right now as i sit here uh and towards the end of june i'm not all that interested in waiting holdouts too much like i i haven't dropped them in my ppr rankings yet as the season gets closer i will like right now, I think you should be drafting Dalvin Cook still over guys like Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry. That's how I personally believe. I think it's very close with Joe Mixon, but they're in such similar positions where they're probably both threatened to hold out. Mixon kind of already has um, that. I think it washes each other out. I do. I do want Dalvin Cook over Derrick Henry. Yes, if the season comes, if camp comes, and they're still holding out and they're paying the checks, then yeah, I'll, I'll drop him in my rankings because now he's actually going through with this. But a threat of the holdout is the only thing that Dalvin Cook had in his arsenal. He has nothing else in his arsenal. He has oh look what I did last year and look at the threat of the holdout. But what the team has is the CBA. Now you have to pay those fines and you don't get reimbursed. They have a good backfield behind him and three suitable running backs that add up to what his salary really is right now. Um, so he doesn't have much leverage in the situation. Players rarely do unless you are a guy that has just been fantastic, an elite guy like McCaffrey, Zeke, Saquon. Those guys have leverage because their team is kind of built around them in some aspect or another. So you can see what goes off the board next right here. And I'll continue to zoom it in before I choose my next pick. So going off the board was then Derrick Henry, Mixon, Sanders. So guys that are pretty much in my rankings, but a guy who dropped is going to be an easy pick for me as I look at this. So I'm looking at it right now and I'm just taking off the players who are already on the board. My best available based on the players that just came off the board. And very interesting to see that um, Aaron Jones goes at the 2.04. I have Aaron Jones pretty far down so far. I just re-upped my whole top 150. And just a little peek inside of that, Aaron Jones is my 24th overall player off the board that I would take. He goes early in this one then for me, 16th overall. He's my RB16 and he goes off the board at like the RB10. So very early. You might be saying, oh no, he's still a top 10 running back. I also have a video out about Aaron Jones. So you can check out all this stuff. It's all linked together. You can you can check it all out. Why Dalvin Cook's holdout, I don't think happens. Why Aaron Jones is being way overdrafted. So I think Aaron Jones did get overpicked there in this specific spot, which makes my decision here pretty easy. But we'll discuss the wide receivers that came off the board. Guys, 
that you're used to seeing in Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, who I also have a specific video on. There's 0% chance I take him in the first round. Hopkins for me is like a 15th overall pick is when I start to consider him, but he always goes in the first round. Again, 0% chance that I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins in the first round. I just don't buy into it. Uh, and if you want more detail on that, you can go ahead and check out that video. But Hopkins goes, Godwin goes, those types of guys go. My best available wide receiver right now is Kenny Galladay. Uh, and then my best available running back is Nick Chubb and then Josh Jacobs. Nick Chubb is just by far my best available that I'm going to have to go and get him. So I always like to start my drafts with two running backs and this one made it really easy. So Nick Chubb right now, I'm going to be taking him over Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Todd Gurley, Clyde, all those guys at the running back position. Go ahead, get me some Nick Chubb. I should also mention Lamar Jackson did come off the board midway through the second round, which is where we start to see him. And I assume we'll get Patrick Mahomes. Yep, there he goes very short after that. So the two top tight ends come off the board during the next round heading into the third round, the two top quarterbacks, which usually happens. Now a little bit more on my Nick Chubb pick. Look, he has Kevin Stefanski coming in, a guy who made uh, Dalvin Cook a top five running back. In my opinion, Nick Chubb is just as skilled, if not more skilled than Dalvin Cook. Yes, the pass catching abilities because of Kareem Hunt being there are a concern. I like both of those guys. I'm not concerned about either of their workloads being too impacted. They kind of play on the field together at the same time. Kareem Hunt was used in a shifty way in the slot and not used much in the red zone. So for Nick Chubb, who had an elite red zone role and is due for regression based on not getting into the end zone on a lot of those carries and has a better offensive line and as an, an offensive coordinator and really a head coach now in Stefanski who wants to do what he did in Minnesota and has already come out and said that and went ahead and got himself Austin Hooper and, and they tenured David Njoku to have him for another year after this one for his 50 year tenure. They're lining up right now to go more 12 personnel, which Nick Chubb last year with an awful, awful offensive line was an absolute beast, was second in the league behind Derrick Henry. So now he's going to actually have a better offensive line and a head coach is, who is prioritizing him and not Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I like this a lot. So Nick Chubb is my second pick. I mean, he dropped way too far. He's my overall eighth ranked running back. He drops way too far. Let's see what came off the board now. So as mentioned, as you can see, the two top tight ends and quarterbacks go off the board. I'll never get to them. Terry McLaurin gets reached on at the end of the second round, in my opinion. He's like, he's, I like Terry McLaurin. Um, but not in the second round, no shot. Uh, but Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette, those are all fine options in my opinion. Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay goes. So Kenny Galladay was upcoming. I was going to be end up taking him if he was still there. But now in a position where I think I'm going to go three running backs in a row. And I mentioned this, I'm fine going three running backs in a row. I want three running backs out of my first four picks. Ideally, I would like to get an elite wide receiver here with my third pick. But the scarcity gets pretty low. So this is what's left on the board at wide receiver based on my rankings. Odell, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, Thielen, and Juju. That's like in order who I would prefer to take here. But then there's a pretty wide gap. I have Todd Gurley as my 13th overall running back. He keeps climbing up my boards. Gurley started as like 16, then went to 15. Then I bumped him above one spot ahead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire and a couple of spots ahead of Aaron Jones and, and Leonard Fournette at this point. There's just nothing in that backfield. He passed is physical. He looks good. There's videos coming out of him. Uh, everything looks fine for Todd Gurley to go out here and, and push for 20 plus touches a game. And honestly, based on how his knee held up last year, I'm not too concerned of that being an issue until we hear otherwise. So Todd Gurley right now is my best available player left on the board by a decent margin at this point. Um, if I wanted to go get a, a wide receiver here, I think there'll be enough good wide receiver depth on my next turn to then go running back here, get three in a row and then load up on two or three wide receivers. Um, I want four running backs in my first six picks. I want three running backs in my first four. So this would close the deal on getting our three running backs. I prefer Todd Gurley and just the positional scarcity that becomes running back over guys like Odell, DJ Moore, Robert Woods at this point. I like all those guys, but I think Gurley is just a little bit ahead of them when it comes to factoring in positional scarcity. So we'll take Gurley here. We start our roster right now with Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and Todd Gurley 
three running backs in a PPR format. I like that a lot. And you can see a lot of receivers come off the board. So we're going to have to now see what's left at wide receiver for your boy to take. Todd Gurley mentioned everything that I like about him. The opportunity is just there. It's not like he's 30 years old. I mean, he's still pretty young. The knees are the obvious big issue, but they weren't really much of an issue last year. And apparently as of right now, they are not uh, the biggest issue of all. So now it gets back around to me. And this is where a lot of receivers go. Like the fourth round starts off with uh, four out of five receivers taken. But right after I took Todd Gurley, five receivers went in a row. So nine receivers have now gone off the board since my last pick. Nine out of the 12 picks a receiver. I mean, I'm sitting pretty if it's just seven out of the 12 picks, but everybody goes off the board. Adam Thielen, Juju, Odell, DJ Moore, Amari. These are all guys who were within my top 20 at wide receiver. So was Cooper Cup. So was Calvin Ridley. Robert Woods, I was really looking at because he was only two picks away from me. He's my wide receiver 12 overall right now. And then AJ Brown goes off the board. So my best availables at wide receiver are not guys that I really want to be taking all that much. It's Stefan Diggs. It's Tyler Lockett. It's Keenan Allen and DK Metcalf. Those are my four best receivers left. I think I'll end up going and getting Stefan Diggs here. And now this is the spot where I just load up on receiver because obviously Stefan Diggs is is nowhere near um, the type of guy that you want to be your wide receiver one. But what you do to kind of offset that is just draft three or four receivers in a row. Just draft and load up on the position so that you have a bunch of high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver ones, potentially in an offense, instead of just having like one here, one in the later rounds, and then you stuck with a bunch of dusty old players. So let's see what's left on the board as I approach my fifth pick of the draft. All right, so some more wide receivers go off the board. I was looking at DK Metcalf. I was looking at DJ Shark. They both go. David Montgomery goes off the board. And now's a really good time to call something out. I have one wide receiver. I have three running backs. I want four running backs in my first five or six picks. I think I'm going to go running back again here because this is what's left on the board at wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, some veterans that are just that I really don't feel great about. I like A.J. Green. If I get him in the sixth round, fine. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller. But then the tier of wide receivers that I really, really love starts to open up with Brandon Cooks, uh, Christian Kirk, Marquise Brown, Marvin Jones, Michael Gallup, right? All these higher upside players, Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams, Anthony Miller. So that's a range where I'm fine getting like three of them. But what's left on the board at running back is very interesting. You got David Johnson left. You got Jonathan Taylor left. You even got, I believe, Le'Veon Bell left at this point. So lots of guys left on the board in the fifth round. I think I'm going to take one of them. And what this just goes to show me is that if I knew this was going to happen, I would have taken what my Todd Gurley pick, one of the DJ Moore's Odell Beckham juniors, and then loaded up on another receiver where, where I got Stefan Diggs or a running back at that pick. Because right now, David Johnson, Jonathan Taylor, Le'Veon Bell are all within my top 21 running backs. It goes Bell, Taylor, and then Johnson in that order right now. I have stability at running back with Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley, and even Dalvin Cook, although he's a little bit sketchier. So we could either go with David Johnson here, who it's not so much stability, but going to get a ton of touches. I would say we don't know the upside there. Jonathan Taylor, who's not a lot of floor the first month of the season, but his upside is a top 10 running back over the final 10 weeks of the season. And then Le'Veon Bell, who I would rather probably have the least. So maybe I'll adjust my rankings. But right now, I think I'm going to end up going ahead and taking Jonathan Taylor here um, because I like the upside there. And the fact that I get him in the fifth round is just an absolute steal in my opinion. So there's going to be a video if it's not already out like yesterday, it's going to be coming out this weekend on a Jonathan Taylor breakdown. So you can stay tuned for that. But I love the guy. If you're just tuning into the video, the rookie, right out of Wisconsin, going to be fantastic, a better pass catcher than people actually think, going behind the best offensive tackle in the entire game in Quentin Nelson for what could arguably be the best pure zone rusher in college football history in Jonathan Taylor. Yes, it's not an exaggeration or hyperbole. He was an absolute monster in college. So now we have our four running backs and five picks, and that's what I really do aim for here. So now it's just wide receiver time, right? I'm not taking a quarterback or a tight end until probably nine or 10. So we got three rounds to load up on wide receivers because we got our four running backs. I don't have to take the position. That's the pur- purpose of robust running back, whatever you want to call it, early on snagging four running backs with your first five or 
or six picks because you don't have to touch the position later on when it's a dead zone, right? That middle rounds of the handcuffs or the late rounds of the rookies that everybody thinks is going to be the next big thing, right? I like Anthony McFarlane. I think Zach Moss is decent. But to try and tell me that they're a pretty good RB4 or a guy that you really want to rely on as a running back in your roster, not at all. If I end up getting them in this draft, that's fine. Sit on my bench. I already got four running backs ahead of you. You do anything big, then I'll put you in like Miles Sanders last year. But now I'm pretty much done drafting this running back position and it's only the sixth round. So it's a position now where I'm just loading up at the wide receiver spot and let's see what's on the board at my sixth pick, the 6.07. So right now I might pick some more running backs go off the board. Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Singletary, Mark Ingram kind of ends up closing a tier for me at running back. Wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, Landry, A.J. Green, I was looking at, he goes, and then Julian Edelman goes before me. So my best availables at wide receiver where I'm currently looking, Brandon Cooks, Christian Kirk, Marquise Brown, Marvin Jones, Michael Gallup. I like a lot of these guys. I'm going to end up going to Cooks here, and then I'm going to try and hopefully at my next pick that one of those other names that I just mentioned falls to the seventh pick overall. But at the wide receiver position, Kareem Hunt's also still left, something to point out in the sixth round. I do not need a running back though, but Brandon Cooks will be the guy that I go to here. He will be my second wide receiver paired with uh, Stefan Diggs. I don't hate that, right? These are both guys that likely profile out to be the number one receivers in their offense. Cooks maybe splits it with Will Fuller a little bit, but I don't hate that. And now the goal here is to just load up, load up at the position. So let's see what just went off the board right now. So another quarterback goes off the board in Kyler Murray. Cam Akers goes off the board in Raheem Mostar. Kareem Hunt makes it to the seventh round in this specific draft. I would be smashing that all day if I didn't have four running backs already because I do need to get wide receiver depth. Um, and honestly, pairing him with Nick Chubb makes a lot of sense. In most drafts, Kareem Hunt is not making it to the seventh round. So this is kind of just an outlier. This is something you shouldn't expect to happen when you're drafting, but I don't need to take him. If I only had three running backs, I would have taken him. But a fifth running back here is just overkill compared to the wide receivers that are left. My best available wide receiver left is Christian Kirk. He seems to be the best available as well left on this draft board as you can see right here in a tier of his own it's just easy for me i'm going to take christian kirk here as my third wide receiver now as they draft through the rest of the round i'll kind of talk about the christian kirk pick look he's just a wide receiver too in an offense that has deandre hopkins where he is going to come in with the most chemistry with his quarterback right so it's a situation that i like it i think that deandre hopkins can go ahead and get his 150 targets and kirk is still in the spot to touch for 110 or 115 targets with how fast this offense is willing to play entering into his third year he can break out everybody wants to talk about calvin ridley and that's justifiably so, but you have Christian Kirk entering into his third year, just as good of a producer last year as Calvin Ridley. They both dealt with injuries, but it's only Calvin Ridley that's got the upside, right? Meanwhile, Christian Kirk is out there doing very similar things in his first two years in the league. Not as much of a breakout his first year in the league, but also wasn't dealing with the perfect situation that Calvin Ridley walks into in Atlanta with an offense that's going to throw the most in the league with Matt Ryan under center and a pro next to you in Julio Jones. Now that Hopkins is there, why can't we look at this the exact same way or in a very similar way? So I think that getting Christian Kirk in the seventh round is an absolute steal in my opinion. He was by far my best available guy left. Now let's see what happens after this. We have four running backs. We're in the eighth round. I'm looking for another receiver here. I want to get three receivers in a row to have four running backs and four wide receivers. Let's look what's left on the board. Now we're at my pick at the eight, seven, some more tight ends, some more uh, quarterbacks go off the board, some more wide receivers. Anthony Miller went off the board. I do like him. Crowder went off the board. I do like him. So my best available and Kareem Hunt went the pick before me. So he almost made it. Kareem Hunt went off the board as the 102nd overall player. That's rarely going to happen. Kareem Hunt for me, if I go to my top 150 PPR rankings right now, like in an actual draft, if this ended up going a different way, Kareem Hunt is my 65th overall player. He's never getting that far down. So if I drafted a little bit differently and took a wide receiver with the third pick, like Kareem Hunt, I probably just end up loading up on anyways, because he dropped a good three rounds in my opinion, based off of my ranking. So those are things that you can look at. The tiers will help you as well. Uh, so go ahead again. The banner is going to pop up $10. The Supreme Draft Guide is now out. Everything. Those player profiles are going to be out. The tiers, the rankings, everything is already out. So go ahead. I'm going to be adding a ton more throughout the summer, all inclusive linked down below. You can find out how to get it for $10. Thanks to Monkey Knife Fight. So I want to go with another receiver here and Deontay Johnson, the hype machine himself. He's so hyped up. He's overhyped if anything, but he dropped in this draft. Look, if you're taking him in your, your sixth round or even your seventh round as a top 90 player, a top 80 player, you're reaching on him. At my pick right now, he would be the 100 
103rd player off the board. And I think that's completely fair. And I think that's completely justifiable. He's currently my best receiver left. He's my 39th ranked overall receiver. And if I just look at where Deontay lands, he lands as my a top like 90 player in my overall top 150, a borderline top 90 player. So I think he's dropped a little bit. We do need wide receiver help right now. It's between him and Preston Williams for me. I'm going to end up going with Deontay Johnson here. So let's go ahead, snag Deontay Johnson. Now we have four receivers and four running backs. So now I sit here in the ninth round, and this is usually where I'll start to consider taking a quarterback. We have four rounds left in this specific draft, and I think I'm going to go get my quarterback as a lot of guys have gone off the board. My best ranked quarterback left is Matthew Stafford, and he's my ninth overall quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback for me, so I don't want to let him slip. So I'll go get my Matthew Stafford in the ninth round. We'll get him off the board. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. He was pushing to be a top two or three quarterback last year. He was right up there with Jameis as a top two quarterback before getting injured. I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's a pretty fine option. So now we have four running backs, four receivers, our quarterback. We need a tight end, and then we'll probably get another running back, maybe another receiver, probably one or two more receivers. There are three rounds left in this draft. So I need a tight end, at least one receiver, and then the final pick will go with kind of what's best available, likely a receiver, because these four running backs I feel pretty good about. So looking at what went off the board, we just saw a run on tight ends go, and I'm fine with that. Like Hayden Hurst goes, I like him a lot. Hunter Henry, I'm not too high on. Austin Hooper went very early. I'm very low on Austin Hooper. I think Noah Fant has upside this year, so I can't knock that. What's going in this draft though in the 10th round and ninth round at running back is pretty solid. Like Darius Geis and Matt Breida fall to the ninth round. That's pretty solid if you're somebody looking to enact the zero RB approach. You have Tevin Coleman, Damian Williams, Philip Lindsay. All these guys are down here going awfully, awfully late in my opinion. J.K. Dobbins goes off the board pretty late. Even a guy like Tariq Cohen, you're getting midway through the 10th round as like a 120th or 130th pick at this point. So at this spot here, I'm forced to pick between tight end and I'm forced to pick between tight end and wide receiver. I think I'm going to go wide receiver because look, I have two top 10 tight ends on my list right now, still on the board. Rob Gronkowski and Mike Gusecki. A lot of teams in this league have already taken a tight end. I don't know how many are really going to take two. I also have Jonah Smith, who John o. Smith for me personally is a top 12 tight end. Oh my God, you're crazy, Sal. Well, he finished 12th overall last year at the tight end position after you take out the first three weeks where he didn't play. So I don't know how crazy I actually am. And I think there's a lot more upside coming for him because naturally I think his team's just going to uh, throw more than they did last year. But anyways, John o. Smith, He's top 12. So I have three top 12 guys. I have four top 15 tight ends left. I'm fine getting any of them. Then you could always piece together tight end. So let's see what's still left at the position at wide receiver where no wide receivers have gone off the board since my last pick, except for Emmanuel Sanders. So I'm looking at the board right now at receiver. My best available is Darius Slayton. He is my 45th overall wide receiver. Uh, then I have guys like CeeDee Lamb, Nicole Hardman, Mike Williams, Nikhil Harry, Michael Pittman. So I think I'm going to go Darius Slayton here. He would be my fifth guy on my team. And then in that final round, right, the, the 12th round, if we can get a guy like Michael Pittman, Nikhil Harry, Nicole Hardman, if one of those guys guys can fall to us, even a Denzel Mims, some younger players with upside in their offense and opportunity. That would be a perfect way to end the draft. But for right now, let's get Darius Slayton, who I think is the best wide receiver, the guy who just looks different, if you will, in that New York Giants passing attack. So the pick goes and no tight ends are taken. So this is interesting because now I can maybe go with another wide receiver here because no tight ends were just taken. We're in a similar position. Only two wide receivers were taken and everybody went running back. I don't got to take these dusty old running backs because I already got four studs early on. So these are the running backs that just went off the board, right? Not bad in the 11th round to get your Marlon Max, to get your Duke Johnson's. That's fine. Your Tony Pollard, your Zach Mosses, Latavius Murray's, all these guys that probably do something for you one or two weeks, but for the most part, aren't going to do that much. I just really don't want to be getting these guys down here. Alexander Madison is at least a nice name to look at because Dalvin Cook might hold out. Maybe as a Dalvin Cook holder, if you redo this draft, you say, Sal, you should have taken Madison there. I understand the thinking there. I guess I could have, but I just really don't think the guy's going to hold out. So if this was closer to the season and there was a threat of it, and I did want to take a guy like Dalvin Cook, then I'm probably handcuffing him with 
uh, Alexander Madison, and I hate handcuffs. I don't recommend them at all, but in this specific situation, it does make sense to do so. So Golden Tate and CeeDee Lamb are the only uh, wide receivers left. CeeDee Lamb was my best available wide receiver. Golden Tate, nowhere near that though. 65th overall, there's about another 12 guys ahead of him in my specific ranking. So looking at the board right now, tight ends, there's still some pretty good ones. Like I don't know how Gronk and a guy like Gusecki are still on the board. I might just snag Mike Gusecki here in the 11th round, but wide receivers that I'm high on, McCole Hardman, Nikhil Harry, Michael Pittman. Uh, I'm hoping one of those guys drops to my 12th pick. So I'm going to take my tight end here because tight end can really get cleaned out right now. And just looking at the teams ahead of me, like everybody has a tight end, I believe, except for me. So everybody has a tight end, even though the guy has two tight ends at the end here. So I don't want guys to go double tight end because all these guys are going to get to pick their 11th and 12th pick before me. So there's a good chance a lot of people go back to back tight end. So I'm going to end up taking here. I think Gronk was actually taken off the board. I just never took him off of my rankings. Yeah, he was. Uh, but Mike Gusecki's my 10th ranked overall tight end in PPR formats. So I get a top 10 tight end in the 11th round, one in which I think has the upside to finish top five. So let's see what ended up happening. So no tight ends go off the board. Holy cow. No tight ends went off the board. It was all running backs again, all these dusty old running backs that everybody wants to choose. All the rookies, Antonio Gibson surely has upside. Daryl Henderson, Boston Scott. Like I understand these guys have upside. I'm a big fan of Chase Edmonds. He goes in the 12th round, but a bunch of guys go off the board. That's fine. I'm leaving this draft with just four running backs. Look, it's only a 12 round draft. Remember that if this was 14, 16, 20 rounds, I'd have more running backs. But in this final round, I right now have five receivers, four running backs, a quarterback and a tight end. I feel good about my tight end. I'm going to go to another wide receiver here. And there's a lot of wide receivers left on the board. And this is why you should always push for more depth chart spots, because look, I'm in a spot where I have a top 12 tight end on the board still in John Smith. I have a bunch of good quarterbacks left on the board. And Drew Brees is my 12th overall ranked, right? A couple of other uh, top 15 quarterbacks. And there's just loads of good wide receivers left. I have a bunch of top 60 wide receivers left. Like top 60 guys that I currently have left are going to be Curtis Samuel, Jalen Rieger, Denzel Mim, Sammy Watkins. This is working backwards. Deshaun Watson, Hardman, Nikhil Harry, Michael Pittman. Like these are all guys that I really like. And now I'm looking at my board and I'm forced to choose between McCall Hardman, Nikhil Harry, and Michael Pittman. And then the rest are going to hit waivers. That's not something you want to do. You want to get more depth charts spots, right? More roster spots and just load up on these guys on your bench. So the way that I'm going to do this right now is I've got five receivers. I'm going to take a sixth one here. McCole Hartman is my best available. And then right after him is Nikhil Harry and Michael Pittman. I think all of them are in pretty good spots this year. I would like to get all of them if we had more roster spots. But the way that I'll close up this draft right now is to get a piece of the Kansas City Chiefs offense and take McCole Hartman here. So that's how the draft plays out. It's about a grade my draft. Probably tell me I did terrible. B minus, not bad. I like the running backs that we got early. I think I got really good spots here. So in my specific rankings, and you can see right now my overall draft on the screen behind me. And, and if you're still watching right now, hit that like button big old subscribe button just popped up on the screen. Take a second of your time, smash that. And the banner is going to come up for the Supreme Draft Guide down below right now. So much stuff is in there. The rankings that I just use for uh, PPR formats, non-PPR formats, the tiers for all that, rookie rankings and rookie tiers as well. Bios on every single rookie that was drafted in the draft that plays a position that is relevant for fantasy football. And then a bunch of other player profiles that total somewhere around 130, 140 right now. And will be upwards of 200 by the time the season kicks off. All that stuff and even more premium content coming for 10 measly dollars. You pay me, I give you the knowledge that's how it all works here. A B minus grade from fantasy pros. I'll take it. It's all good. I, in my opinion, Matthew Stafford is a top 10 quarterback this year. He's not going to be ranked that way. So based on their algorithm, he's going to grade out a little bit worse, but I think he's a great option. And then I think we just clean the entire deck with the running back position. We got four out of five early. We got Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb. Sure. There's uncertainty as I record this about Dalvin Cook, but honestly, in a month or two from now, that could all be cleared up and I expect it to be all cleared up. We got Todd Gurley in our flex. So we got a top 15 running back and a borderline RB1 for me, in my opinion, my 13th ranked overall running back in Todd Gurley in our flex. So we got three top 15 running backs in my lineup. We get Jonathan Taylor later on at the running back position. So in my rankings, I get four of my top 20 running backs. I feel good about that. Now we go to wide receiver and it's more so quantity over quality, but there's also quality in there. Stefan Diggs, Brandon Cooks, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Darius Slate, and Amiko Harbin. 
I loaded up on guys who have upside in those final rounds. My last three wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, Darius Slayton, and Nicole Harmon. Deontay Johnson, Slayton, and Harmon all proved themselves last year, right? Every single one of them as a rookie proved themselves. So if just one of those guys pops off, just one of them pop off. And in my opinion, we're looking at Slayton being the wide receiver one at some point this year. Harmon just stepping in as his big upside role last year, being the number one wide receiver in fantasy points per route run and fantasy points per target. And now you're in a position where Deontay Johnson has all the hype in the world, but we got him outside the top 100 picks. One of those guys pops off and this team is going to do very well. Mike Gusecki, He's a top 10 tight end in my rankings right now. Christian Kirk, I feel good about as a wide receiver three for sure. And then Stefan Diggs and Brandon Cooks as my wide receiver one and two. I feel good about that because I can mix in all these other wide receivers that I ended up loading up depth pieces. So this specific team right here, I do like it. There was running backs that dropped really late. Like you had Kareem Hunt going into the middle of the eighth round. You're rarely going to see that. So things like that happen that I wouldn't expect to happen all that often. But let me know what you think of my draft. Let me know what you would have done differently. Constructive criticism, if it's respectable, is, is allowed in the description below in the comments. So be sure to check out everything that's down there. Enter into the discord totally free for NFL chat. That'll be linked down below as well. My top 25 running back rankings will also be down below. Totally free to get you those as well. So thanks for tuning into this one. We're getting oh so close to the season. I hope you all are prepping. I hope you're all having a great day and staying safe out there. I will see you all in the next one and peace out game.